Drive-by cinema. Three nachos and a foaming thermos of fun. Hello and welcome to this, the 52nd episode of the second season of Drive-by Cinema, which means it's the end of season two, with my co-host Paul. Yes, and my co-host Richard, who never ever dials his reports in from a telephone box. Is that what it sounds like? I'm sure my microphone sounds different. sound, unfortunately, a bit like that today. We've been hit with uh, data data demands from Zoom, and we've had to turn our audio down to the very basic microphone level, whatever that means. (laughs) Richard did the techniques on that. I'm going to come straight in here, Paul, with correction from last week. Oh, fuck, go on. Because at the end, when we decided... Slapped me with a wet fish in the face, go on. You said Incantation. I did. You pointed out that it was a Taiwanese film, and I repeated it back, and I said it was an Indonesian film. Actually, no, you corrected me, Richard. <laughs> I corrected you, Yeah, maybe. Not in a haughty uh, way, just in a, I, just in a quite, you yeah. know, offhand kind of way. like a casual Casual way. way. But, well, it was casual offhand because I didn't know what I was talking about. It is, of course, <laughs> a Taiwanese film that we're it's, reviewing today. It's very definitely Incantation. Taiwanese, yeah. yeah. Incantation 2022 was the biggest box office hit of 2022 so far in Taiwan. Yeah, all right. Oh. Paul, you can't get into it now. We haven't had the music. Listen, I wanted to talk oh. to you about a completely different movie uh-huh. that you failed to see, even though I invited you to see it. Don't, don't apologize. It's a, an unfortunate happenstance. But I went to see, in the cinema, Profundo Rosso, the Dario Argento, Giallo movie. Now, have we seen any Dario Argento movies before? We have. We've seen Suspiria. Yeah. Now, in his timeline, does this proceed or does this follow Suspiria? I think it's after Suspiria. Whoa. But he works... At the height of his Slavishly. Powers. He works... Well, I think it is regarded as his perhaps best. his best movie. What's it called again? Profundo Rosso, which is Italian for deep red. Deep blue red, yeah. Deep red. Now, he does, of course, prefer to work with the prog rock band Goblin, who did the music (laughs) in Suspiria. That's extremely jarring and quite intrusive, but, you know, all part of the charm of the genre, I think. And this particular Like a 70s book cover. Which I think... I think this came out in about 74, 75. I, don't, I mean, if I was a better podcast host, I would look it well, up, wouldn't I? But it's it's somewhere around there. It's after Tubular Bells. That's not the nature of podcast hosts, though, is it? Not, not our kind Whoa. of podcast, no. It's after Tubular Bells, and so all of the guitar work is very, very Mike Oldfield, Tubular Bellsy. Like, they're really riffing on that whole thing. The other interesting <laughs> thing is it stars... It stars... British movie star David Hemming. Now you're probably gonna know you're probably gonna say I don't know who he is. Is that what you're gonna say? I can't, I don't I can't know see is, no. whether you're nodding or maybe well, perhaps you should just look him up and see a picture of him. But you may recall him from the famous movie Blow Up, where he plays a photographer. Ah um, I have seen Blow Up, but many, many eons ago. And David Hemming is your classic sort of 60s, swing, swinging 60s British kind of uh, movie star who really, you know, he 
he's quite good looking, uh, but he's also, you know, very British in a, an endearing way that made made people very saleable in the in the box office in the, that era. Yeah, so it stars David Hemming, an English actor, in an Italian movie set in Italy, and Whoa. he is playing an Englishman, a composer, in fact, or a or a conductor or something, a musician. Um, but of course, like all Giallo films of this kind, it's all dubbed anyway. They overdubbed all the actors. I think none of the dialogue was recorded <laughs> on set. <laughs> So David Hemming is overdubbed by an Italian-speaking person. We were watching it in Italian with subtitles. Um, and Whoa. it's quite an interesting film. I'm not going to go into the plot. We're not reviewing We're not reviewing Profundo Rosso, although we could have done if you'd seen it. But yeah, it turned does up, yeah. Ha- Would I recommend that you see it? Did you enjoy Suspiria, Paul? I did. I loved Suspiria, yeah. Are you intrigued by the idea of a sort of brutal murder mystery with Mr. Bean with Mr. Bean in the central role. Not really, no. Oh, okay. I just like the period <laughs> charm of, you know, the Italian period charm of Suspiria. Well, you know, it has all of that. Oh, yeah, it's I don't want not, to see it. Yeah. It's, it's not particularly supernatural, unlike Suspiria. Good. It's more sort of a psycho mystery kind of drama thing. Wow. But he does have this really weird habit of putting David Hemming's character, who's called Mark, in some strange and comedic situations. Like, he gets in his girlfriend's little Fiat open-top car thing, and her seat's broken, so he's like a foot lower than she is. You know, for no other reason, really, than just to humiliate him as far as I can see. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another moment where he's investigating this haunted house and he climbs up a ladder to break through an old bit of plaster work and you know he he slips and he's sort of dangling <laughs> dangling from the, the side of the house and this scene must go on for well it feels like for 10 minutes of him slowly <laughs> climbing down the side of the house you know it it only missed him stepping in a bucket and, you know, having a, a plant pop fall on his head. <laughs> and somebody with a, carrying a ladder turning around, knocking him with the back of it kind of thing. Oh, wow. So but all of this is juxtaposed with, you know, like finding corpses walled up in houses and weird girls <laughs> watching him, you know, through windows. And, you know, all this weird jello stuff going on with the goblin soundtrack sort of bashing out tubular bells esque. Well, actually. <laughs> You've sold me. You sold me. I definitely want to see it at some point, but obviously it's not going to be available anywhere online, is it? I, I don't know. Unlikely. We saw it in the art cinema in the centre of Manchester, and yeah, it was quite an experience. The, the, the sort of the the climax moment where the bad guy sort of well, isn't it, well, I don't want to spoil it in case you do see it, but one of the possible bad guys sort of meets the sticky end in quite a gruesome <laughs> and horrific way. In the cinema, prompted ga- sort of gales of laughter. <laughs> Just because it's, it was such a shock and it was so... It seemed out of place with a lot of the slapstick of the rest of the movie in some ways. Obviously, obviously. It's definitely worth a watch because it's... 
it, it fits right into the thing that we keep talking about, which is the sort of mood shifts, the tonal changes in a lot of the films recently. Speaking of which, then, Paul, yes, shall we listen to a little bit of our own music, our Absolutely. own tubular bells-esque music? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Thank you to Paul Mike Oldfield for his <laughs> musical composition. I was I will rude, Paul. I didn't really ask. I didn't ask if you'd done anything exciting or interesting. What in in? Uh, oh, obviously you said you couldn't come to the cinema, but maybe oh, your weekend was well, packed with exciting things. Not really, but I did go to a sort of uh, reunion, a nightclub reunion from I, I don't know twenty, thirty years ago almost. Yeah. Oh yeah, was it like the Hacienda? It was the Hacienda of Blackburn at the time, yes. <laughs> yeah. Or ra- no, no, rather more. the sort of indie goth Hacienda of Blackburn at the time. Yeah. And uh, saw a few old familiar faces, obviously the DJ who had organised it all. Uh, but they can't have it in the night because it's, been, because it's been knocked down. There's now a car park where it used to be. So they had it in the pub that was next door to it. And uh, yeah, good time was had by did all. They, yeah. Did they have a mosh pit? That's what I said. I said, is there going to be a mosh pit? No, there wasn't. There's, I mean, it was limited to 150 people because it was in a pub. And uh, they cleared some space. They'd actually moved the pool table and covered it in a protective waterproof uh, mat, which was good because everybody put the beer, beers on it. And where the pool table had been, there was space for about maybe about 20 people to dance. Uh, unfortunately, when people jumped and got over enthusiastic, the records tended to skip. So, so yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was what it was, you know. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty good fun. I th- I think record skipping was a a feature of the original Celebi in Blackburn, wasn't it? So I think it probably that's quite was, an authentic yeah. piece. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we should talk about the movie ball. Yes, what Incantation the movie. Did you get me to watch? I got you to watch Incantation 2022, all the way from Taiwan, uh, and it is a found footage style kind of well. Uh, Supernatural horror, isn't it? Uh, and like I say, it was, it has been the, uh, the biggest box office smash in Taiwan, taking six million US dollars up till now, uh, for the part of 2022 that we've had and has been the biggest, highest grossing, highest grossing uh, horror movie in Taiwanese history. So, so yeah, I mean, it's been a success. And on the back of that, it's got launched onto Netflix where we saw it last week or this week, depending on when you saw it. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, it, it's a tale about, a young mother who's just been released from, you know, psychiatric care, uh, has been given back her child from foster care and, uh, the possessions and demonic torments that they face in, in a short period. But it's also retrospective. I mean, it's, it doesn't follow a linear time scale. So we, we head back various points mm. in the movie to see where all this nonsense came from. Uh, so it's also like a yeah. A, a did, did that work for you? I mean, I found it a little bit difficult to follow. Uh, you know, I yeah. didn't realise for quite a while that we flashbacked. Um, I, I didn't so realise. I, I didn't understand. I didn't realise. Yeah. But I was reading the notes on the movie at the same time, and then I realised. But you make a fair point. If I hadn't been reading the notes, I don't think I would have realised that that's what was happening. However, they do try and signpost it a little bit, like you know, as a younger, presumably, you know, 
recently graduated or student self. I mean, they're vlogging, aren't they? And they're vlogging like, you know, haunted, haunted places, uh, on YouTube or whatever. And, you know, her dress there is, is noticeably younger. Uh, and as, as the older mother, which is, you know, three, three, four years later, I would imagine, uh, because the daughter's, you know, just entering kindergarten. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's dressed in a way that's more demure and also she looks a little more tired and a little more middle aged. So, yeah, but I thought it could have been signposted more carefully and more effectively. Absolutely. There's a lot in this film. Though. Yes, I so mean, it's much. one hour, 50 minutes long. Yeah. And a lot happens. It, it's packed with story. It is. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a very densely woven story. Uh, I didn't really feel the story was ever too much, too much to take. Just a lot happens in it, you know, and, uh, you know, I think it's characteristic of non-Hollywood, uh, an Eastern movie making that there are more characters who occupy central or, or central roles. You know, I mean, the spotlight is kind of, uh, is spread wider, isn't it? Across, across, across the players. Although, you know, we're mainly focused on her. We get a lot of peripheral characters who, you know, have, major speaking parts in the movie and major acting parts too because it's I mean there's quite a lot of ghoul chasing action isn't there so yeah so Paul you're going to have to perhaps explain the story we're following this as you say there are quite a few characters but we really focus on one woman Lee Ronan Ronan yeah Ronan I guess we call her in English Uh, she's she's uh, got a little daughter called Toto Dodo yeah which is a, Dodo. a standard cutesy name for a kid, yeah, Dodo. Okay, uh, okay. And uh, props to the child actor playing Dodo. She, you know, she is she does play a demonically possessed child quite well. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah. And we also get her ex boyfriend, ex lover Dom, uh, who has got a cousin whose name I don't know. And the three of them are in the in the earlier parts of the, uh, the earlier timeline of the movie, they are vlogging, you know, haunted places, supernatural places, kind of thing. Okay. When we that's see in the flashback, that's in the flashback. But by the way, though, in the very opening Sorry, scenes of this movie, there's a bit where there's like a voiceover where she, I think she's trying to explain how, how sort of magic or incantation or intention works she shows these optical illusions where i like that yeah uh, like there's one with i did like this there's one like a you know a ferris wheel or something and it's animated crudely so it, it jumps yeah and she says you can think of it as going one way clockwise or anti-clockwise and i could another one that's left or right i found i could yeah, reverse could it at switch. will you could decide yeah exactly and, and she's using that as an analogy to how you sort of impress your intention on the world as, sort of, as a way of influencing it or through magic or spirituality in some way. And the other thing that's at the very beginning is you see Lee Ronan's parents and her in a car accident. Oh, I forgot that. In which, yeah, and so I don't know why she was videoing it, but it's all found footage, isn't it? The, the assumption is that she's videoing all these kind of different events but she had a video on and we see her uh, the car turns over and i think her mum's dead and then her father sort of stumbles out of the car and gets hit by a truck on the carriageway 
and presumably also dies. And I wasn't sure where that was in the timeline, whether that was when she was really young or yeah. before the ghostbusting thing where she's vlogging. I wasn't sure where that lived. Um, but then she says something about violating a taboo, and then we're into this story about her daughter's misfortune and how sort of unlucky she is or haunted or cursed she is. So I, I think we're kind of joining where the and social just, worker is sort of signing her off from psychiatric care and sort of, you know, setting her up in really Taiwanese sort of atmospheric sort of uh, low-level housing uh, and uh, saying, you know, come on, you've got to make a go of this. You've got to look after your daughter this time, you know. And... Yeah, and she goes to pick up her daughter from the uh, from the foster home. The foster home, mm. yeah, and the foster home manager is there, and he's a a character, isn't he? He comes, he becomes yeah. important later. So uh, we're kind of left as, as you know, not really knowing why she's been in psychiatric care, but you know, she, I mean, she presents quite an alienated, sort of withdrawn and uh, introverted character, doesn't she? And I guess the backstory to that the initial start to that might have been the car crash with her parents. Uh, and so I think, tell me if I've got this wrong, but at that point we're met really with scenes of her bringing back her daughter and settling her into into life and, and, and beginning motherhood, you know, after a brief, after a two or three year hiatus, wherever it was, yeah. But weird, small weird things are happening with her and her daughter. And it's not anything majorly supernatural it's all kind of maybe plausibly real almost but you know there's a moment where the lights go out suddenly while she's doing a piece of cam and then she goes to the fridge and weirdly there's a bottle lying down in the fridge spilling milk or some kind of yes. fluid out into the fridge i mean i mean that happens but normally you know you know uh, it's all presented as if it's it escalates pretty quickly though doesn't it weird yeah, it winds up with her daughter Levitating. kneeling down, chanting, <laughs> and then her head back screaming, and then the door closes. And yes, yeah, it all goes a bit uh, e- uh, exorcist, doesn't it? It does go a bit exorcist, uh, and then we uh, there are various scenes. But I mean, she's at the kindergarten uh, giving away presents to the other kids because they all refuse to talk to her. Oh, weird she's bribing daughter. them. Yeah, yeah, she's bribing them. Yeah, because they're all they've all taken against the daughter. Yeah, for these weird things. So she's giving them toys, and then they're all friends, which you know, it's transactional, transactional, transactional ethics, isn't it? Yeah. And then a daughter is, you know, pointing to the ceiling and saying, "Can you bring the bad guy down?" Etc. 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 So there's a weird moment where she has to like put a hand up into the mother has to put a hand up into empty space and sort of guide, you know, this this evil spirit that she can't see away from her daughter's the daughter's bedroom. That's good, isn't it? That's a very creepy moment. Yeah, I think, and she thinks she's succeeded, but uh, but then you know the door says, "Oh, he's back again," kind of thing. So, so yeah. <laughs> Sorry, going. You're saying there's something about. I well, I think there's something about watching horror movies from cultures that you're not in. Oh yeah, we, because it makes it, it feels like the training wheels are off, doesn't it? It feels like anything could happen. Really so much, really sure. Of the very much so with this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in a way, scarier as a result, I think. Yes, I think so. Yeah. So th- then we get the flashback to her vlogging this video channel thing. A trip to the countryside. Yeah. And again, deeply e- echo, deep echoes of, of Taiwanese country society. 
So they're heading up into the mountains. It's a very mountainous island, you know, apart from the coastal land. Uh, it's it, like Japan. It's it's mostly you know the 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 center of the island is pretty much unoccupied, apart from small villages. And so you know they're in their little typical sort of uh, Taiwanese saloon, heading up into the mountains, getting ready to to blog a, a, a tunnel that you simply cannot enter. And the way it is, it's her boyfriend's relatives, you know, the clan, the Chen clan. Uh, they're performing some sort of Buddhist, some kind of Buddhist ritual up there, and they've been invited to go along and see the haunted places too. You say Buddhist, they keep calling it the Mother Buddha. Yes. Don't they? Is that, I mean, that is, is that a real thing? Is there a Mother Buddha? Well, I mean, but are not normally considered a bit sort of uh, asexual or androgynous, or well, I mean, you know, the pantheon. I mean, the the point is about Chinese spirituality is they're quite happy. Most Chinese people are happy to mix Taoist and Buddhist kind of principles, beliefs, and deities, and, and where spirit and where devil and where God and where gods begin and end isn't defined. In the same way as us, and maybe to some extent is less tangible. I don't know about that, but it, you know, uh, you know what we would think as an angel and what they they might perceive as a spirit, you know, aren't necessarily collinear or coincident. So I don't know about that. I mean, certainly, you know, uh, if you go to, I mean, most of this movie was spoken in Mandarin Chinese. There were some moments when they meet the relatives in the countryside where they speak Hokkien or, you know, the language from Fujian. But if you go to Fujian in China, you know, you'll see that one of the major deities, because they're seafaring people, and that's how they got to Taiwan, uh, is like the the mother of the sea deity. And I can't quite remember her name. And so, yeah, I mean, there are definitely mother deities uh, in China, but I don't think there is a mother Buddha kind of thing. So I think this is invented purely for the purposes of the movie. So it's, it's like sort of evoking an Earth Mother type type affair, I suppose, isn't it? I don't know. But as they're driving up there, they run over something in the car. I think that's what happens. I wasn't totally clear on this. But when they get out, they find a statuette that I think they've run over. Yes. And they and then they explain it's a Mother Buddha statue. Uh, but we see a lot more of these later on. Yes, we do. <laughs> and when they arrive at the clan kind of household, they get greeted not very welcome. Not very welcome there, are they? No. He's asking them who she is. His girlfriend. Can we not outside? I'm not sure. I, I got the impression that he was saying that she was his girlfriend, but later on it transpires that she was pregnant from presumably from yeah. him. So, yeah. Uh, and I guess he was Toto's father. So yeah. maybe they really were boyfriend and girlfriend. They seem oh, a bit distant, didn't they? Yeah. But then, of course, I mean, he's with his cousin kind of thing. So, I mean, that's how Chinese people behave. Chinese diaspora, you know, not, not just the mainland Chinese. They, 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 you know, the public face, you know, the, you kind of behave with a certain level of propriety, even though you, you, you're a couple when you're around other people kind of thing. So... In the book, The Babel Message, which I name-checked last week by yeah. Keith Kahn-Harris, he mentions that there are two Chinese uh, script warnings in a Kinder Egg. One of them is simplified Chinese. Yes. And the other is... Traditional. Not sim- 
traditional Chinese. Extremely complex novels. Chinese, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're almost identical to, certainly to my eyes, if you, look, if you Often, compare symbol yeah. by symbol. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's one or two differences. So in Taiwan, they would use traditional, right? Definitely, yeah, yeah. And Hong Kong as well, I think. Hong Kong is traditional, but of course they've adapted it to Cantonese. They're being forced to. Oh, oh, Cantonese, of course. So there there are words there that don't exist in other traditional scripts. But yeah, it's traditional, traditional script, yeah. Interesting. I have finished that book. I will lend it to you. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, Now, when his family arrive and greet them, they bow... With a really strange hand gesture. Yeah, it's like Cowabunga, not Cowabunga. Well, I thought it might be, you know, maybe some kind of traditional thing, but it gets commented later on in the movie, doesn't it? Someone looks at videos and says, you know, it's it's similar to a normal greeting, but it's (laughs) the wrong way around or something. Yeah, It's really odd, yeah. And also an, an older woman staring at them through the window. So, yeah, she's there. And like you say, the family just don't want outsiders because they're about to perform their yearly ritual to the Mother Buddha kind of thing. Uh, But on protestation saying that, you know, she's family now because, you know, she's about to become his wife, that they accede to her being present at least, at least to be, you know, they they let her onto the farm, into the farmhouse kind of thing. Don't forget the weird little girl also. I don't know if she's appeared. Oh, the weird little girl. Yes. I got a bit confused about about everything happening here, to be honest. But I do know that they mentioned several times what you've already dis- described. They're fascinated by the idea. They're fascinated by the idea of this tunnel that no one can enter. But they also describe it as the tunnel with no phone signal. Ah. As if, as if that's some kind of you know <laughs> weird mysterious thing but i mean at this point we're supposed to think they're just blogging for fun yeah and of course they're they're a skeptic bloggers not as you know adherents to any sort of supernatural belief they're there to kind of bust bust the myth aren't they kind of thing by the way this is supposed to be based off a true story whoa i didn't know that oh i think it did say that didn't it yeah based on based on real events but I mean, you know, a movie can any movie can say that, right? I mean, yeah, it's just a thing to make things scarier or more interesting, isn't it? But well, I mean, it says in IMDb it was based off a true story. I mean, how accurately it is portrayed, we shall never know. But there so there are two sections here that are relevant. One is somehow they're admitted to the ritual, and they'll have to offer up their names to the mother Buddha. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Two. I'll, I'll accept that. Two, they, they kind of get caught filming stuff. Uh, of course, that's why they're there. We later see it. We later see it from, you know, from the, from the, from the footage. Uh, and then they're locked in a room and told to eat on their own. Because presumably they've been right. wondering where they shouldn't. They've transgressed. I wasn't sure what the taboo that they were supposed to be breaking was. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they break out the room and they go exploring, don't they? And then they do. we they cut back to, this to we cut back to present day, so to speak. I think at that point, I'm not entirely sure. Oh, and there's a super creepy bit in this in this modern sort of up to date sequence where uh, I say modern. I mean it's all modern. I mean it's only a few years between these two time streams, isn't it? It's not like twenty years ago or anything. But um, 
Toto, she's doing a thing about the baddie again, I think, isn't she? Uh, but at some point, um, you see a video of Toto running. She goes into a room that's in darkness, uh, and you see her turn to one side through the doorway, and this hand, this arm. Ah, out. that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was really extremely creepy. It was creepy. excellent. Uh, and then we're back to the mother butter ritual stuff, and they they all want to go into this tunnel. Uh, and that at some point Lee is taken into this room with this girl, and she dashes under the table that's got curtains around it, and that and they see blood on the floor. I think it's blood dripping from the ceiling. Yes. At which point the girl. The girl brings out a biscuit tin of toads. <laughs> and says, feed, feed, feed the deity. And they start feeding the deity hair. Hair, yeah. hair, yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't, Is this, this might, taboo, this might, maybe? I don't know, but this might, might work as a taboo. This might work as a modern diet, you know. You'll certainly lose weight if you eat nothing but matted hair. Hair toad. And meanwhile, the boys are outside. They're not allowed into this ritual. And they're carving the name of their video channel in on the wood. As well as oh. a crudely drawn cock and balls, which is tr- as traditional. Tradi- it's a that. universal symbol, isn't it? Cock and balls. <laughs> the world over, no matter what language you speak, <laughs> boys can communicate with one another <laughs> by drawing their genitalia, you know. I don't know when we cut back. To, I, well, I don't know. When we, I'm trying to think when we cut back to modern day because Dodo's health takes a turn for the worse. Is it at this point we kind of cut back before we see the denouement? Before we see, you know, the ending of what happens in the tunnel. She does get ill. Yeah, this. She suddenly takes ill, and a caterpillar is involved. Caterpillars make several appearances, don't they? One of the many weird, creepy things. <laughs> She lost her job as a makeup artist at the beginning because of caterpillars when she just got a psychiatric Caterpillars were everywhere, psychiatric yeah. Hospital. A, yeah. And so at this point, we're narrated that, you know, it's the curse. It's whatever happened in that tunnel. I've got to get the curse off Dodo kind of thing. Yeah. And so, and so I don't know what happens. The kid just gets iller and iller. And of course, social services can only presume that the mother's mistreating her or failing to take care of her. And so there's a scene where the original social worker and, and various people are there to take the kid back. And she's arranged to sort of take the kid back to wherever, to, to, the, to the foster home. Uh, and they're waiting in the car and she hatches a plan to essentially run away with the kid. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, the foster guy's outside and he's talking to Toto and he's saying, you know, we should go. And she's, Toto's saying, where's mummy kind of thing. Yeah, but and she gets back with shopping, and there's a load of people and police there waiting for her. Not yeah. sure what she's done wrong or what she's done to deserve that. But anyway, he takes pity on her and she jumps in the car. And I think he drives them all somewhere to a temple, maybe to have the the curse lifted. Is that what's going on? Yeah, and then we meet Uncle Master out of Temple and Auntie his wife of Temple, who agree. But hold on. One of the many, 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 many things they slip into this movie. At yeah. some point around here, the social worker woman, who we saw very briefly oh, yeah. at the start, 
She decides. I don't know where. I don't know why she's in, she is. She's here. in a woodwork class or a metalwork class or something. She's in a glass blowing. Oh, like, glass blowing class. And she decides and to she take. She takes red hot glass on the end of one of those tubes you blow through, and she opens a gob and she shoves it in her mouth. So the we know end, I mean. we know the supernatural malevolence is is spreading through through Ronan. Okay, so we know that's happening. Okay, so the daughter is now really ill. And I, I just want to stop again. Yeah, they said this is based on a true story. <laughs> did, did a social worker swallow molten glass during <laughs> this? This this is worthy of some research, as it to find out exactly what aspects of this story were were based in fact. Okay, so uh, so yeah, so they, you know they take they take the daughter to 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 a temple, an associated temple, maybe that. It's related to I don't know this mother bother, and uh, now flashback yeah to the Ghostbusters crew, and they're outside the tunnel and they're hearing terrible music, really un- unpleasant music and screaming. <laughs> so they break into the tunnel, and well, obviously we know that's going to be bad. I guess that's the taboo. Is that the taboo? Yes. Uh, and they find um, a really creepy shrine with goat tied up and a pig's head and the girl I think is lying down isn't she? Just, I mean the walls and the ceilings are covered in the paraphernalia of you know all kinds of different forms of Chinese worship it's, it's very atmospheric and very evocative yeah and uh, yeah the girl's tied down presumably to be a human sacrifice, willing human sacrifice she seems to know what's going to happen uh, and uh, eventually we get towards the shrouded figure of the mother Buddha don't we? And Lee has a moment because we've learnt so far that just young Lee is pregnant because uh, we see her throwing up and stuff like that, and she's spoken a bit to her boyfriend about it. But at this point, she there's blood, or she maybe her water's broken. But I thought it was blood coming down her legs. Ah. And but maybe what we're learning is that the reason her daughter is cursed is that her daughter was present, you know, unborn but present when they broke this taboo. So it trans obviously transferred to a daughter. Maybe that's what we're to learn from this section. I think when they were giving up their names to the mother mother at the beginning and uh, Granny realised that they were boyfriend and girlfriend, she said, ah, and you must give up your child's... You two must give up your child's name also when it's born, okay? So presumably in all these incantations to the mother mother, the child has already been, if you like, given to her kind of thing. Anyway, it turns out I think the curse is that you cannot look upon the face of Mother Bubba, Bubba and if you do, then all kinds of... Oh, that's the taboo. Yeah, all kinds of... Because all the statues are facing away, aren't they? Facing away. And as they make their way through the tunnel, they get to the final golden, quite beautiful statue of what is a Bubba, yeah, uh, and uh, it's covered in a shroud. And she whips the shroud off. Dom does. Oh, Dom does. That's right, yeah, yeah. Oh, and there's a terrible sequence, which, again, we build up to it because we're seeing flashbacks. So we're seeing two different timelines. So the action's quite slow, isn't it? Because you'll see yeah. a little bit of the action from the old bit and then a bit of the modern action, uh, and it flicks between them. So the tension builds up quite gradually. You kind of know where it's going because you know the outcome. You know that they've broken the taboo and the curse has been... Has, has been uh, visited upon them already. So it's just a matter of seeing what happens. All kinds of shaky camera footage uh, 
follow, and Dom essentially starts banging his head uh, against a against bloody wall. marble slate yeah. or something. Yeah, okay. He turns around and we see his face just completely crumpled. Okay. Uh, his cousin meets similar fate in the tunnels, although we don't actually see it in detail. Uh, yeah. He tr- he actually tries to bite her, and then he's, oh, and his okay. tooth falls out when he does That's that. right. Yes, his teeth fall out. I've lost my teeth. Okay. Uh, and somehow. And shortly after that, we see a load of a boyfriend's relatives standing on the porch in their underpants, <laughs> covered in writing that they've written all over their bodies. <laughs> When they're chanting, it really is quite intimidating. Uh, I, I think we cut at this point, after all that horror, back to the present day. Her daughter's really ill. The temple people have said, look, you've got to not let her eat for seven days and we'll perform these ritual prayers or whatever. And, uh, and Actually, you've missed a bit. I think we've missed oh. a bit where where in the car, the foster, uh, foster place's manager tries to drive them up the road, I think back to this place yeah that she, she presumably has told him to go to oh and right, they go that's up this right. road in the dark that's and before they start to they see go the, to the temple yeah yeah they start to see the same things on the roadside several times i think they see a brazier burning and then a, a post and, and they pass it again and then they pass it again and they kind of work and then out the radio really goes weird. haywire and starts announcing the deaths of psychiatric doctors and all kinds of weird stuff happen yeah it's really quite scary that you know if you're stuck in a country road and then he tries to reverse and the car sort of stops or breaks down or something and then there's this banging on the car but, that slowly intensifies it's probably terrible but weirdly she's you know she's vid- she, i mean she's videoing all this because I mean, we, we see the we see the found footage after you know after after the events okay but with the window down i, I definitely wind the window up i have to say I would definitely wind the window whilst doing that. Having Why? Been... Because evil spirits can't get through windows, is it? Is that Presumably, yeah. 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 Probably probably true. Dodo, the poor thing, is starved for seven days. Her legs start marbling and, you know, her hands start withering. And day three, mum kind of doesn't have the will to see her daughter suffer like that. So she goes and gives her an intravenous drip. Is that right? Yeah. Long story short. And meanwhile, the foster guy has got this video camera and he starts watching it where did they get the camera from had she kept it or had they gone back to get it the camera was still there yes it was still up there it was like it was well so they they made it there is that is that is that what happened we conclude that they did get there when they drove yeah they got back to the Chan, the, Chan, the Chan clan's kind of farmland and they retrieved the camera and brought it back down again yeah yeah he starts watching it, he's intrigued, he starts researching it online, he finds out it's a Yunnan-based religion based around the Mother Buddha, and he starts oh, This is to... where he says it's it's like a modified Barfantian, I think, in Tantric Buddhism, is what he says, something like that. Uh, and, which he's and, referring to that weird gesture that they make when they're bowing. And of course, it's all very difficult to translate, but he endeavours to go to Yunnan in China to get some answers off he hops on an aeroplane. So, uh, yeah, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I, d- I know that he he deteriorates. He has a nosebleed and he's he loses a tooth or something, doesn't he? And he, he ends up with terrible skin, bashing his head on the desk in front of the camera. So he must have gone. Does he die at that point? Yes, he dies at that point, having discovered 
all the truths, which he communicates, I think, to Ronan, if not to us. Uh, so, so, uh, daughter, I don't know the point of where Dodo is taken to hospital almost dead, but it's, I think she's first of all taken back to the temple where they've sought help for her. And, uh, Auntie, you know. Well, she, she tried to eat a pineapple, didn't she? A bit of pineapple. That's right. And yeah. Ronan caught her and tried to fish it out of her mouth. But apparently, as a consequence of this, the guy in the temple had died, or something terrible had happened to him, yes. because she'd eaten before the seven days. And his wife turns around and says, you let her eat, didn't you? You don't realise. And then she's sort of, her head starts bleeding and becomes a swirling pit of, like, blood serpents or something like that. Uh, so There's another properly terrifying scene, anyway, at this point. <laughs> so she's dead, too. So at this point, you know, Dodo's on her last legs and she's taken to hospital and the doctor says, look, okay, it's not looking good. You better, you know, have some preparation for when she dies kind of thing to the mother. And the mother is, of course, distraught and thinks, you know, I've got to do something to save my daughter. Now, there's a scene you need to explain to me, Paul. I don't understand it. There's someone in a hospital, a girl, with a load of writing on her body. And someone comes in with a knife and does something to them. I think they cut their ear off, but I'm not certain. Who was that? Um, what was happening there? Who were the people Answers in, that store, in that Please. <laughs> I got no The idea. girl that she met in the uh, in the weird kind of clan meet thing. The, well, the girl because of course the sacrifice. Had, she survived the sacrifice. She wasn't eaten by the Buddha because the Buddha ate, you know, her ear. Ronan's, she cut boyf- her ear off. Ronan's boyfriend instead or whatever. So, no, but she did cut her ear off. Oh, she had no ear when when Ronan met her. Weird. She show at one point she shows that she's got no ear or been cut off or whatever. Now, final twenty minutes is a lot of Ronan facing camera and saying, "Look, everybody watching this, you've got to help me. You've got to say the incantation with me. You've got to remember the yeah, special, the special she's triad really breaking symbol. the fourth wall here. Yeah, yeah, she's actually asking us to help. Uh, uh, remember this incantation. Remember this symbol." You're going to need it. You're going to use Say it, it with your name. You're going to need it. Okay. And then towards, she says it several times, but towards the end of it, she actually invokes it, you know, and asks us to repeat it with her. And then just a minute later, she kind of... Do you think in Taiwan, in the cinema, do you think they all recite it? No, no, no. <laughs> no, but it would have resonance for them. Uh, and I don't know the timeline here in the movie, but at that point she reveals, in fact, she's been lying all the way along. That's not... To bless her what? daughter. That's not to that's not to help her daughter. That is to pass the curse on. As you say the incantation, you're inviting the curse from the mother butter onto you and taking it off Dodo, you see. What? Yeah. That was the whole point of why I did- Yeah, she lied to us. You know, and her makeup in that scene is, you know, black eyed and and, you know, a person that's betrayed everybody to, to, to let her daughter survive, kind of thing. And that's supposed to be like the big reveal of the movie. And then, of course, she starts bashing her head and presumably, you know, dies on camera. Yeah. And it isn't... Yeah, that's right. Just just before that, she lifted the cloth on the shrine and asks, what is your name? Ah. So if we give our name to the Mother Buddha, then we take the curse. We take the curse, yeah. Okay. But if... 
but I mean, the curse just spreads from person to it doesn't leave the other person behind, does it? Normally, I mean, it spreads. I'm not the sure power of the spread totally... curses. Well, that's, that's the mathematics. Know. I don't follow you know. the logic. Well, Richard, it's complex oh, mathematics, you know, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody's worked it out. So, so there it is, and, and that's kind of the end of the movie, really, isn't it? We, we, we're led to assume that Dodo survives, and uh, you know, is cured of whatever possession she was she was under, uh, and uh, every, I mean, everybody I think else we've is dead. The main beats here, but I mean, it is a lot longer than we've made out, and it, there's a yeah. lot more going on. And there's a, quite a lot of either Taoist or Buddhist thought involved about, you know, blessings and sufferings must come together kind of thing. And uh, that, there's some detail there that I know, we're probably not equipped or educated enough in those things to, to, to sort of describe to listeners. So, yeah, I mean, but I mean, in summary, that's, that's the movie, isn't it? And look, I mean, quick thoughts. There's no question this is extremely creepy. This is a scary movie, yeah. Scary, scary, scary. It is borderline incomprehensible, though. I mean, <laughs> uh, maybe, as you said, maybe there's some cultural priming that I'm not a uh, party to that would have assisted with some of it. But, you know, multiple timelines, quite confusing sort of uh, transactional ethics going on, you know, where... You know, doing this means that breaking this taboo means that I don't, I don't really get it. Um, and I, I mean, gods can quite legitimately be jealous, and you have to pay rent to them, uh, and that's what all the offerings are, and that kind of thing. So, so yeah, so I think some of that could be the iceberg, you know, the cultural iceberg that we're not quite getting. Okay, well, should we do scores? Paul? Yeah, let's score this baby. Well, let's start with the acting. Okay, I think it has to focus around Ronan uh, and also maybe her daughter. Uh, a really good performance, I thought, uh, in terms of somebody who's obviously confused and withdrawn uh, and really struggling, really struggling to make sense of things. Uh, and although this is a traditional supernatural movie, this the aspects of where somebody in a psychiatric condition could imagine these things isn't really touched upon. But we could also see the supernatural here as a metaphor for a mental well-being, couldn't we? You know, in, 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 in a different way of looking at it. And I thought that was all really, oh, really, yeah. well, really, really well portrayed. Uh, yeah, I, I thought very convincing, just generally really convincing. Uh, and yeah, I've got to score an eight for acting. I mean, she gives your your classic, increasingly now, a classic found footage staring down a camera with snot coming from the nose kind of performance. But she's yeah. not sobbing like uh, like in Blair Witch. She keeps it together most of the time, but it's, you know, she's clearly frightened and disturbed by these things, as are we. Yes. It is yeah. like there are, I mean, there are moments of, like, you know, her, her thin lip tension. You can really see that there's, 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 you know, a gamut of emotions running underneath her. It's portrayed quite well, like that kind of you know, keeping it, trying to keep it all under control. Uh, there's a suggestion that there's wild emotions running underneath her, yeah. I mean, like the Japanese, obviously this, they really know here how to make a little girl, you know, with long hair. <laughs> really, really, really Really creepy. scary, creepy, don't they? We've got two um, creepy girls in this one, yeah. Yeah, two for the price of one. Um, obviously and a creepy grandma, some, too. 
I was going to say there's some very broad performances from some of the the rest of the cast, you know, particularly yeah. the, the the Hick Town villagers, whoever they are. The there is there are elements, aren't there, <laughs> of uh, Midsummer here, aren't they? Actually, oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking the taboos in the weird village with the weird religious rites, yeah. Yeah, uh, go on, I'll give it a seven for acting and I'll shut up. Plot. I mean, it was a convoluted plot. It's not a Hollywood plot. Everybody dies apart from one person, you know. And that's quite freeing, I think. You know, uh, Taiwanese movies don't have that tradition of squaring the circle and making everything come out in some sort of form of resolution. Uh, and I, I mean, I thought the plot was followable. To the extent it wasn't followable, it didn't matter because there was lots of nice, scary action going on. So I'm going to score seven for plot. I mean, I certainly take issue with the whole true story stuff. And it does bear a bit more investigation, maybe. But did the flashback thing work? I said that it did work, didn't I? I said it built tension quite nicely. It's confusing, though. Um, It is confusing, yeah. Yeah, it was too long before I realised what was going on. And maybe... I'm just not a very sophisticated movie watcher. No, no, it was confusing. It was confusing. I I needed help. I needed help. Yeah. It struck me that when we flashed back to Ronan as a younger girl, she was wearing a Mm -hmm. baseball cap. Yeah. She's quite anonymous, right? It was difficult to, you know, I would have had to have figured out that it was really her. They say her name, obviously, eventually. But it wasn't. It wasn't obvious at the start. So, hmm, I'll give it a six for plot. Nice. How's about creepiness? I don't think we could do jump scares, although there were quite a few. How about just general skin crawling creepiness? Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it tickle your berries? It's extremely creepy. It was creepy. It's yeah. really. The bit in the car at night is incredibly creepy, um, but they've just got a knack for pulling it off. It, it, the only well, thing is, it's almost mm. too creepy in the sense that they do do it again and again, and it's exhaustingly yeah. creepy. <laughs> but you know, in terms of horror paraphernalia, compared to sort of uh, you know uh, Victorian dolls, the paraphernalia, the religious <laughs> paraphernalia here, was just so much creepier. And I'm gonna have to score it an eight for creepiness. Perhaps because it's unfamiliar. But yeah, I mean, all these point, yeah. Buddha statues hanging around. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a nine for creepiness. Whoa! High creepiness indeed. Um, well, we sometimes do special effects, don't we? Yeah! No, the, I mean, the, there were some valuable special effects here. There was one moment where, like, Roland got a handle caught up and it wasn't too convincing. But I, I thought, generally, the special effects... And how it was tied to the found footage uh, POV action was really effective. You know, some simple stuff like that big creepy long hand that just hovered over the daughter's child, you know. And the fact that we're seeing this as unconscious sort of security camera or, you know, uh, video camera footage made it all the more effective. So, yeah, effects, I'm going to score a seven on that also. Yeah, I think the special effects were generally pretty good. They didn't snap you out of it. And there was quite a bit of blood and gore, wasn't there? 
And oh, I, yeah, I wonder yeah. whether there were any real toads fed hair <laughs> in the making of this movie. Yeah, no, it was it was very good. So I'll give it a seven. Yeah. Okay, final score for me. What's gonna be it was gonna be a seven it was gonna be a seven point five, but I'm gonna up it. Have a listen to your points of view to an eight. Uh a definite recommend if you're in the movie for a scary movie. If you're in the mood, excuse me, for a scary movie, this will definitely do it for you. Yeah, an eight. It's fresh, isn't it? That's the thing. It is. Yeah. It it feels quite different from uh, although it's obviously taking a lot of cues from a lot of the found footage genre. Oh, I don't think yeah, yeah. you know, there can't be many movies that divorce themselves completely from Hollywood. But, but I mean if you look at eighties is... Hong Kong movies, like, you know, yeah. Jackie Chan as a supreme example. I mean, they were trying to be Hollywood movies, but came out being com- something completely different. Completely different. Almost, yeah. almost unconsciously. And it was great about them, you know, it's just the indie aspect of Lots of people creating lots of things, even though they're trying to do it to a temple. It just means we get a great variety. And this this might have been an aspect of this movie too. Sorry, Rich, I interrupted. I was going to say, you mentioned indie, and you talked about you know the Hong Kong movie scene. This doesn't feel low budget or low quality. I no, mean, I no, suppose it's quite a tight, small cast, uh, mm-hmm. but it it feels like you know a. a, a a decent production. Yes. Yep. So it is complex, you know, without a doubt. Let's watch another movie. <laughs> How about that? Let's watch another movie. Final scores, Richard. What do you what's your final score? I never got it. Oh my goodness. Yes. My final score. Let's go for an eight. Whoa! Strong recommends from both of us. Okay. Next week, Richard, I've got two of you and I don't know if we can get them on streaming. Well, by the way, you say next week. It is ah, the end of season two. It is. So we might take a little break. We might put out a, a retrospective. Clip show. I don't know. We'll, yeah. Whatever happens, we will be back. Stay tuned. Don't adjust the tuning of your podcast downloading thing. Come and grow old. That's how it works. Okay. And we will start season three. By the way, Paul, mm. season two, we've done it entirely without the encumbrance of a guest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that, but you know, it's an issue of one kind or another. Well, it certainly says how our guests might feel about us. Uh, so. yeah, no one was prepared to come on and talk films. To spend with us. an hour with us, yeah. yeah. Not even consultant <laughs> psychiatrists. So uh, we're going to even pay them to come here for $200 an hour. Look, okay, I've got two for you next week, Richard. I don't know if they are viewable streaming wise. We'll find next out, week, I guess. Uh, Q, insert apologies, I guess, next week. Okay, I've got Code 46, I think it's called that. Or I've got another one, which I think is called, because I've not read it down very clearly, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. All at Once. Mm. Well, it's been in the cinema for a bit, hasn't it? It has, Uh, yeah. Now, we were worried that we wouldn't be able to see Code 46 anywhere. Uh Uh, That's not true, but we will have to pay maybe £4 for it. Oh, okay, I can stretch that. It's an Amazon thing. Uh, or you can watch it with ads on something called Tubby. Never heard of it, but there we are. So it's Michael Winterbottom. We have a we have a connection, don't we? So I think we should go for that as okay. the opener of season three. Brilliant. Okay, it starts with me to go on with weird esoteric films. Michael Winterbottom's Code 46. I'm delighted you've chosen that option of the two, Richard. Good. Thank you. Thank you for listening for another season. And... Keep watching. Yeah, see you on the next one.
Ciao for now. Bye. Thank you.